You ready? Yep. How about you? Yep. Start it up. Coming to you from beautiful East Tennessee and broadcasting from the BRV studios, this is the Big Red Van with Wade, Hayden, and Malcolm. As usual, we start the show with Have You Heard, our segment where we bring up random news and crazy events with a lot of topics you've probably never heard of. For instance, have you heard about how one Thanksgiving dinner turned into a fight to the death? Or that advertising companies are very close to reading our minds? What about the guy who skipped the fare on the subway only to get caught? Literally. We cover this and a whole lot more. Here is episode 29 of The Big Red Van. It's good to be back. All right, here we are. What what are we? Episode twenty nine. H Y H. Back H-Y-H. in the H. Welcome everybody. <laughs> Mr. Malcolm to my left. Yeah, what up, Mr. Hayden to my right. It's been a while. We took the month off for the holiday season. Guys, did you have good holidays? Oh, so good. I ate too much turkey. That seems like so long ago now. Oh man, we sure were busy though. You know, here we sit, New Year's Day. I guess I should give some reference. It's New Year's Day. Reflecting on a holiday wow. a little bit. Twenty eighteen. Yeah. 2018. We have now officially recorded in 2017 and 2018. Crossed it into a new year, man. (laughs) So, New Year's, that's kind of funny to say that way. Does New Year's, like, what does it mean to you guys nowadays? Yeah. Does it mean anything? I've never really been big on New Year's. Like, I remember the the Millennium, and that was a big deal, because that was cool. Like Y2K, the whole freak out. Yeah. Every other year, it's just been, like, a chance to party. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm now older. What about you, Malcolm? Yeah, I don't remember going into 2000 at all, because I was probably five or six, <laughs> something like that. So the playground wasn't freaking out about computers, you know, dying and ending no. no. all us losing all of our money. No. <laughs> I think there was someone who came out of the song about 1999. Was it Prince? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was Prince. Um, Party like it's not. I like that song. R.I.P. Yeah, rest in peace. No, I'm more of a homebody when it comes to New Year's Eve, and then going to the New Year. I guess I like hearing about new stuff. But when it comes to, I ask but, if New Year's mean anything to you guys more so for like resolutions. So obviously it doesn't because resolutions would pop up into your head. New <laughs> resolution types, not yeah. so much. I mean, I think I don't know. I've done it once. I've done it once. Did you stick to it? I stuck to it, and it felt great. Yeah? What I, was it? I decided to not do soda for a year. Huh. And I, I actually felt a lot more energetic. Um, I specifically did it during a high school basketball season. I just decided, you know, I'm not going to have any more soda. So then... And you would last a whole year. year? Yeah, all year. Didn't touch anything carbonated. How long did your cravings last for it? Like, did they go away after? Maybe two weeks. I was about to get a Sprite, but decided not to. God, so. I could never give up soda. I could Actually, not give up Dr. Pepper and Mountain Dew. There's no way. <laughs> should try it for like two months. After that, when you taste soda again, it tastes really weird. I've been told that by everyone it who's given very up soda. weird. Yeah, I so remember. So I had to get back into it again. Someone specifically telling me like the syrup taste really stands yeah, out. I think it's the carbonation. Like, because I've done that before. Like, it's crazy. gone like weeks without having a soda, and then when you drink one, you're like. Oh my lord! You're like just the carbonation factor. And then you see somebody like me pound a Mountain Dew, and you're like, <laughs> "What?" 
Yeah, I, I'm not a resolution type either. I've never. I mean, I've tried once or twice when I was younger, but I never really fully committed to it. You know, exercising, going to go to the gym, you know, twice a week type of resolution. Oh, screw all that. Those type of things. But, you know, I heard somebody say something on the radio that I thought was pretty neat, and I'm kind of corny like this and getting older. I think it would be kind of cool. What he said was, write a letter to yourself on New Year's Eve reflecting on your year. Like reflecting on the things that you went through or the goals that you may have had that you accomplished or the things that you maybe fell short on or whatever. And then seal it up. And then immediately write another letter for what your goals are for the upcoming year. It's the same kind of stuff. Right. Seal them up. And then open them and read them right after each other every year on New Year's. Mm. So the next year you would open up the letter that you wrote. Did you or you would write your next letter first, I guess is the key. Mm-hmm. So you would write your letter for the following year and then go back and read your letter from the prior year and see if you accomplished any of those and things. And then write another letter to set your goals for the next year. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was pretty, I mean, because I'm kind of, like I said, corny like that, but it would be something I could take 10 minutes to do and just write it up, seal it, and I think it would be kind of cool because I can't remember what I did two weeks ago, let alone what my goals were <laughs> six months ago. So, I mean, it's. I think that would be kind of cool. So, to those of you that have res- resolutions out there, I mean, good luck on them if they're one of those weight loss or weight gain or trying to quit your heroin addiction or whatever it might be. <laughs> Your porn addiction. <laughs> Net neutrality is going to get that. Net neutrality. They're going to turn all the porn sites off. Yeah. Well, you're going to have to pay for them again like when we were kids. <laughs> oh, my God. Like nowadays, they get... Why won't this thing load? Yep. Because you, your credit card ran out of funds, sir. They're going to throttle that back. Throttle. <laughs> you wanted to throw a throttle wow. into the episode. All right, so... Uh, Happy New Year to everybody. We wish you all a happy 2018. Uh, BRV is back and better than ever. So, you ready to go? I'm ready. You ready to go? Yeah, let's do it. Everybody, have you heard? So, um, this guy, 35-year-old, had a really weird eating habit. Okay. Liked to eat coins. Coins. And a few other things. I would say that's weird. But uh, this is... it's like those chocolate ones that are wrapped in gold. Chocolate coins? Those are delicious. Yeah. Those are pretty good. Um, That's what you meant, right? Kind of. <laughs> this uh, the the man's from India. His name is Maksud Khan. Uh, he was rushed into surgery at the uh, and I'm going to go for this the Good. Sanjay Gandhi Hospital in Santna Mahadna Pradesh. Yes, mm. India. Boom, with uh, severe abdominal pains. So from uh, coins and a few other things. Okay, um, Doctor Priyank Sharma. Uh, he led the surgical team, said the patient was complaining of stomach pain, so we thought of getting an endoscopy done. So they get their little camera and they go down in his stomach. They were shocked to discover coins, nails, nuts and bolts, and various other metal things. Um, he said it was the first time he'd ever seen anything like this in his entire career. Nails. Nails. Would you like to know the actual official count of everything that was in there? Cause of course. Here, here you go. He had 263 coins, a hundred nails, about six or seven nuts and bolts, and a, here you ready for this? A dozen razor blades. See, razor blades. This is what razor blades get me, Malcolm. (laughs) How are dudes swallowing razor blades? A dozen of them? Yeah. 
Um, he got into the habit, and this is also why there were so many coins in his stomach. Um, he told the doctor that as he worked as like a taxi driver, when people would give him tips that were in the form of coins as kind of like a shock to them and kind of cheap tip, <laughs> he would just throw them in his mouth and eat them. Just chuck them down. This is nothing to me. <laughs> exactly. That's literally what was going down. I eat your money. But after seeing what came out of his stomach, Mr. Khan told the doctor and the and the crew that he would never ingest metal ever again. They apparently said there's not going to be any lasting damage to his internal organs either, so he's getting out of this pretty scot-free. Man, how do you, how do you move razor blades through your system, man? <laughs> Serious. I don't think you do. I think that's why they were still in his stomach, because there's man. no razor blades going through like a digestive tract. I guess that that's a happen. good point. But if they tried, you would be in some serious trouble. You'd be... Or a nail. Well, that's that's actually why he uh, had to go into the doctor or the, where he was experiencing pain is because one of the nails had started to push its way onto the, the wall of his stomach and it was actually popped through. Oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah. So I that's why he, when he said, Pop. in the bulk. <laughs> so, Shit. So, yeah, he had a nail coming out of his stomach and mm. that's why he was experiencing all that abdominal pain and had to go have surgery. And then they're like, well, look at all this stuff that's in 260 here. 260 coins, 100 nails, 12 razor blades. And like seven or eight nuts and bolts. I, again. 15 I mean, Hot Wheels cars. Uh, tw- yeah, I mean, like, a, this makes me think of the keysterer, man. Like the kid that broke the record. Like, at the end of that part, you, you told us that he broke the record of the county Kinder jail. Eggs shoved up his ass. So he, ar- he already knew that X amount was going to fit from the, there being a record. So this guy's got to know that X amount of coins, nails, razor blades, and nuts and bolts fit. I, I mean, you don't eat 100 nails the first time you eat nails. Yeah, that's very true. You know? <laughs> You just don't. You start with one or two. Midnight snack. It's hard to believe that dude hasn't ever shit a razor blade. <sighs> I bet. Some, Yikes! I bet some coins have come out. I'd say there's no question. Some coins have come out. Everybody, have you heard? You guys hear about the UFO over Los Angeles? That was really a SpaceX rocket launch. Yeah. I that was it? bummed me out. But it, me too, man. Right. It was a ballistic missile, but the vapor trail it's making looks like some eerie aura, crazy. Wait, you say it's ballistic like missile? A... Excuse me. Well, that's what rockets are. Okay, <laughs> that's like telling <laughs> whoa, me that. Whoa, whoa, whoa! That's like what would the dolphin and uh, other whale argument that we got? Oh, into. Yeah. oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like, wait a second, <laughs> what the fuck? You are at, they're under the same well, umbrella? Like, no, 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 like quite literally. Yeah, like the same. The, He's like talking genomes. And the shit. rockets they use to make ballistic missiles out of are the same technology we use to make rockets to put stuff in space. It's right. the same thing. My problem really was just with two totally different word missile uses. Missile <laughs> and ballistic. <laughs> and I, when I think of, I think of intercontinental ballistic missile, like. Yeah, nuclear warhead, not taking satellites to space. You could actually have a ballistic missile and it not be a nuclear. I'm sure you could. That's a, it's it's That's called what, ballistic. Apparently, what we just had. it's called ballistic because actually there's no thrust of when it hits. The he's thru- thrown throttle and thrust into this episode, and we've only been recording for ten, twelve minutes. <laughs> no, you know why they're called ballistic? It's cool. They launch them with a rocket. It goes up into into outer space. And then it flies to wherever it needs to go, and then it just starts to fall. 
and the end of them have a little laser guided camera on the end of it that's looking for where it's supposed to go and they literally and it's got propellers on the sides that just direct the air but it never actually has thrust going down it's free falling and it starts to free fall at like terminal velocity like like a bullet Mm. it's just falling 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 until it hits its target learn something new every day so what was that flying saucer thing behind it yeah and all the, the listen hang on back on december 22nd spacex launched one of their falcon 9 rockets from the vandenberg air base in southern california and it left thousands of people in shock the launch was planned far in advance of course by spacex it was carrying iridium satellites into space but it left a simply incredible wake of smoke and particles that it had people freaking freaking out mm-hmm. bad i mean it looked exactly like a goldfish cracker yeah, it kind of did, didn't it? Oh. it? It looked exactly like a big wake of a blue goldfish. And if you looked at the video for a while, there was one, something trailing behind it that was like flashing. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the hell that was. But um, celebrities living in Los Angeles were all over Twitter with pictures and videos not knowing what actually happened with the launch. Like not paying attention to people that weren't into SpaceX and that mm-hmm. kind of thing, freaking out. It became even more widely known about when SpaceX's launches, people still had a hard time believing it was a rocket, yeah. you know? <laughs> they, like, even when SpaceX said, yeah, yeah, it's us, people were like, no, You're no, just taking aliens. credit. Yeah, there's no way. This, this is a cover-up. Cover Conspiracy! <laughs> there was a three-car pileup on Interstate 10 uh, that you can see video of, where this guy's got a dash cam behind this three-car pileup where people are, like, freaking out. I'm sure that wasn't one of the only ones. Mm. Let's be honest here. If I thought I was witnessing a UFO and I was on the interstate, I'd probably cause a wreck, too. My main question was around how the rocket or ballistic missile was flying. Most launches I've ever watched or seen or heard about give me the impression or that I've seen them flying straight up. No, no, they totally come at a major angle. Well, they go up at an angle, but they disappear out of my sight pretty quickly. They don't run horizontal like they're going... Just straight across, you know, level. I think with it was the horizon. a lot, a lot higher in the atmosphere than it seemed at the angle you're seeing. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just and the trail that it left behind. Why was that so surprising to everyone that's ever seen anything like that in their life? <laughs> so that those were my two things. Like, I don't think it's a UFO, of course, but I think that it's like. What, so what would the this, hell would the same reaction happen if this happened during daytime? My like, curious, is that, is my that main why? question was again about the what we saw. Does it have something to do like with the color that the sun is when it's falling through the atmosphere and it's refracting all the particles in the atmosphere? And it could be the orange. light pollution that that vapor trail it's making. It could be the light pollution of that big city. But the way that it ballooned up from nothing into that big like bubble was so cool looking. It looked. People thought the aliens were taking over and finally coming to take them home. <laughs> Everybody, have you heard? All right, so we talked about um, trying to poop something out earlier, <laughs> but I'm about to tell you about someone who has no trouble pooping at all. Successful. So, in Orchard Park, New York, there apparently is the sign with a warning in one of their, um, I want to say it's one of the gated communities or just some small community. No it says. To the person slash jogger who is pooping on our lawns in the village of OP, stop. You are violating a health ordinance that prohibits depositing untreated sewage on land or water. You are putting our neighborhood at a serious health risk, especially children! Exclamation point. We have installed trail cams to identify you. The Orchard Park police are increasing patrols in our area. That's where the, the Buffalo Bills plays in Orchard Park. 
probably yeah it's probably around there probably actually Bill's fan. <laughs> <laughs> the homeowners whose property you invaded yeah so this person is going around the neighborhood leaving their poop on people's lawns and they have whoever created the so- sign they happen to leave like tons of piles of poop at their house specifically <laughs> I know I would a serial pooper. If I oh. was if I was a malicious pooper and somebody would put up a sign like that, I'd be like, oh. "All right, just I you know. wait." Yeah, let me go to Taco Bell. <laughs> I'll be right back. Um, so eventually, this man comes out, um, who apparently is not the pooper, but he's related to him, and he says how it's it's this girl apparently who's going around doing it, and of she of course has, it's a girl. She has a traumatic brain injury, and that's why she keeps doing it outside in people's lawns. I and guess she, she picked this one person's lawn just by and, random brain injury. But he defends her in in the case, not only saying that she has this brain injury, but he says that it is people's first amendment to be allowed to poop in their yard, <laughs> in their own yard, maybe. <laughs> But, but in other people's yards, as if they were a dog. No, jeez, <laughs> I don't. You still got to pick neighbor, up a dog. You still got to pick up a dog's. Poop. I don't allow my yeah, neighbor's do. dog to poop in my yard. There's no way in hell. <laughs> oh, remember that one time you told me a cow came in your yard? <laughs> yeah, like six cows in my wet, muddy yard. And Did any left. of them poop? Uh, actually, yes, oh, yes, man. and there's still actual proof. And this was like two years ago. Cow pies will stay there forever. Mm. Man, it'll fertilize your ground. But. Yeah, Macy thought that it was, like, not a cow pie, and we found out that it was cow pie. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of gross. <laughs> Everybody, have you heard? A uh, little bit late to the to the draw on this one, but a uh, back on Thanksgiving, a Minneapolis woman was charged with second-degree murder oh. um, after she was accused of killing a man that she invited over for Thanksgiving dinner. Because he smoked crack in her apartment <laughs> without asking or offering to share. <laughs> run that run that back. <laughs> he was over for Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. He busts out the crack pipe. Yeah. Doesn't ask if he can do it or if he'll share. So she gets offended and kills. So she gets pissed. Uh, you gonna share, right? Uh, Miss Anina Marie Hare uh, of 47, she called 911 on Thursday from her South Minneapolis apartment at the 5700 block of 33rd Avenue South. Whoa. In case you want to go to that address. It's <laughs> <laughs> a crack-smoking address. Um, when police arrived, they found Edward Califf, he was six, uh, 69, laying face down in the living room floor near a broken window. He's 69. He's and you 60. said she's 47. Correct. All right. And he was smoking the crack. He was the one busting out the crack. Okay. He was taken to a hospital and later pronounced dead. Soon after she was arrested, uh, Hare told police that she invited Mr. Caliph over for Thanksgiving dinner, but before they started to eat, she looked over and saw the victim lighting up a crack pipe, mm-hmm. according to the criminal complaint. She said uh, she got angry because he didn't ask her permission to smoke crack. <laughs> And didn't offer to share any. Hare also told the police that she tried to appear dominating by standing in front of the apartment with an antenna in one hand and a butcher knife in the other. Uh oh. <laughs> she gonna whip him. And she told him that he couldn't leave. You ain't leaving um, till you share. <laughs> do you realize how much a butcher knife? All you yeah. gotta do is and an share. Antenna. She's gonna cut him and whip him. <laughs> but uh, so Take allegedly. The neighbors said that they heard Mr. Kalef yell for the neighbors to call 911. 
that's when he busted out the window with a vacuum cleaner that was laying around nearby. <laughs> man. Um, like jumped out the window with a vacuum cleaner? I don't know, man. When you're on crack, you do things, okay? Uh, so Miss Hare told the police that she then grabbed him around his shoulders and fell on top of him and he fought to get to get the knife out of her hand and then she said after that he was face down for a while and he just started snoring <laughs> just just like he was faking asleep I, she put him to sleep i mean how are you gonna fall asleep high on crack <laughs> chinese riddle <laughs> Um, but this is the best part. This is in her actual statement. She said, I put his ass to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I just grabbed him by the front and he went down. Ooh, grabbed him by the front. To me, it just felt like I put him in a sleeper hold or something. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> I put his ass to sleep. <laughs> he wouldn't share his sleeper crack. hold. Because he would. But just Excuse think about me, the ma'am. series of events here. Can you tell me what here. happened? He, they're all sitting at the dinner table. Well, well, you see, he wouldn't share his crack, so I put his ass to sleep. <laughs> Turkey on the table, and then he busts out his like you know light bulb that he's busted a hole in or whatever the hell they use. <laughs> and she's like, "What the hell?" So she goes and grabs a butcher knife and an antenna, and an antenna off the TV, and she's like, breaks "Come it here, <laughs> you ain't going nowhere." Not till you share that rock. <laughs> And he been, tries to jump out the, the window with he, a vacuum and, cleaner. And he grabs a vacuum cleaner. No, you ain't! And, and, <laughs> and busts out the window with the vacuum cleaner. What I, I just What I think of is that her was when pulling, she came in and put his ass to sleep. Exactly. <laughs> I think of her pulling that butcher knife right out of the turkey and it's still having fresh turkey <laughs> meat right on it. And then breaking and the then antenna. And breaking the antenna. Because he's probably watching TV at the same time, too. Maybe. So Breaks the antenna off, or and then has that's both. her weapon of choice, and she keeps one handy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's true. Antennas are vicious. I see her breaking it off. They're watching one of four channels, you know. <laughs> that was a crap. I found the vacuum cleaner too fast. But the uh, so she she killed a man. She killed him, though. That's what's not good about the story. <laughs> Sleeper hold. Uh, not sharing a crack rock for not sharing the crack. On Thanksgiving. Cracksgiving. That's everybody have you heard. Cracksgiving. <laughs> oh, so this is this one is really cool. So you heard about the crazy ways that advertising and marketing companies try to like get into our heads or read our minds. So of that course. Way. Have you ever heard about this? The million dollar question most advertising and marketing execs ask themselves is what makes people buy? I mean, there are companies that are now trying to answer this, not with actual human answers, but with technology instead. Check this out. There are gadgets that can track eye movements, computer maps of a face that track momentary squints for disapproval or grins for enjoyment, sensors that can measure perspiration and or monitor your brain activity. They're looking for our raw emotional reactions. So they don't have to worry about you being good at a focus group answering questions. They just strap a bunch of wires to you and say, look at this. What do you think? Correct. And they judge stuff. And they know without you even have to tell them. The old way execs got the information is exactly what Hayden said. Polling customers and relying on the validity of these answers to make multi-million dollar advertising initiative decisions. Mm-hmm. Jessica Azalea, she's a marketing exec with this company called Isobar. They're a digital marketing agency. She's quoted as saying, quote, it's not that people won't tell you. They actually can't tell you exactly why 
They're making the decision they're making sometimes. Quote, people won't be able to tell you that something irritated them in scene three or thrilled them in scene seven, but we know from looking at all of the facial coding. Hmm. Oh, man. Yeah, imagine, like, having people watch a movie with that and you're trying to... Oh, yeah, man. I mean, you're going movie. I'm thinking just, uh, they're thinking anyway, small time commercial, you know, type oh, of well, yeah, yeah, 15, yeah. 20 second commercial spot. It kind of hit home for me when it was um, talking about what to highlight in their commercials. The big example was whether to emphasize the problems that are associated with allergies, like all the shit that happens to you, runny nose. Mm-hmm irritated eyes whether to emphasize that or to focus on the relief that you get from treatment what stimulates the brain more what did people respond to more affectionately more properly probably the latter right digging into your psyche only they didn't give me the answer to that it has to be just imagine like a commercial like viagra they wouldn't show the the down. <laughs> no, they wouldn't. But what are they? They wouldn't do? show the downside. Uh, no, and they're going like mum- to mumble like the- it over music with a woman on the bed in a nighty. <laughs> yeah, it, they wouldn't do it like an as seen on TV ad where you see it goes. It's like in black and white, and then all of a sudden the red X comes across the screen because this problem happened, right. and then they show <laughs> the solution. <laughs> Yeah, that that wouldn't go over well. Like the have you seen on TV commercials where they're fumbling everything and it's yeah. like no no real spills or no whatever. real person is is like these people. <laughs> like they're just like not one I can't person. open this gallon of milk without <laughs> dumping it in the floor. I better Can you get open this. it for me. Let's fuck. I better get this. <laughs> one. Yeah. Um, so anyway, what they they reference in the article a couple times that all buying decisions are a dance between your conscience and your unconscious. Hmm. That in order to actually buy a product, we are making a conscious decision. But the factors of why and how we got there will be measured by their technologies. Crazy, okay. crazy thought process. Johnson and Johnson recently tried a similar technique in regards to their Tylenol brand. Hmm. They showed patients quick-fire images or words to elicit a particular emotion, and responses were tracked to the tens of milliseconds, and it gave them insight into which emotional brain spaces to further dig into. Wow. Into what, how they were going to market their products and things like that. So, I'm like, this is the type of things that these ad executives these days and these marketing people these days go to school for is with all the technology we huh. have it's your facial recognition stuff and it's That's like crazy. you gotta have like a phd in neuroscience to just work there yeah i mean it's <laughs> like what professional you know interrogators and stuff when they sit you down and they ask you questions and they look you in the eye and they can see your facial reactions emotional things that happen to you when you have a response to something whether it be when you're talking and the movements of your your eyes you know and which directions of what cortex in your brain are they accessing while you're talking are they accessing the creative cortex where you're lying or Mm -hmm. are they accessing a memory bank where you're looking for you know just by simple twitches of your eyes that you cannot control yeah you know whether it be a twitch of your cheek or all these little things that they can pick up with their technology to be signs of approval or signs of, I hate that. I don't like boners for eight hours. I don't like boners for eight hours. (laughs) Everybody, have you heard? Speaking of boners. um, 
No. Yes. A guy gets please. his. Uh, you're you're always good Here we for go. one of those. Here we go. A guy gets his penis stuck. Where? Jumping over the barriers at the uh, London subway. This turn, the turnstile penis. Turnstile penis. Yes. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. Seen the videos. Heard the screams. Oh man! So then I'm not, I'm not filling you guys in on too much here. Then no, go for it. Maybe not fill, us too. Fill all but, of us in. Um, sometimes in life, <laughs> you have days where everything goes perfectly, and you end up feeling like a superhero. Then there are times when you try to hurdle the gates in the London Underground and get your genitals stuck in the barriers. Ah, <laughs> like all of it? Was it just twig and berries? Or Man, was it- that's the one question I couldn't get answered because I wanted to know. That's not my question. How's that thing out there? Yeah, I mean, is he it was just his, He was wearing pants, like yeah, joggers, but, like athletic I think pants. So yeah, basketball shorts. No, he was wearing. I think he was wearing black joggers. There's no way he was wearing jeans. But like you said in the Unless video, he was hung like you, a damn horse. <laughs> you don't get to see the attached part. You just get to see what part of him is obviously stuck, and he's in sheer pain. So you can yeah, only you know use context clues to understand what's going on. Do your balls hang low? Do they wobble <laughs> to and fro? Um, but yeah. Um, did you, did you read the comments on what people were yelling at him oh, in the video? Oh, like, butter him up and <laughs> yeah. stuff like that. No, oh, yeah. oil! Oil! Put some butter on his balls! <laughs> and get him out of there with butter! I just... I don't know how it happens. That's... My brain can't get away from how... How that gets wedged. How did it get stuck? He had to be hurtling. Yeah. And then his, like, thigh hits the turnstile as he's coming over and it just and just swung, catches yeah oh and it's like wedged oh catches his nutsack okay. in there that has to be it had to be it catches his oh, only way no. can you imagine i just did hurt. did you watch the video his screams are like oh he's, he's hurting. screaming like his nutsack is caught in a turnstile <laughs> and then when he when he gets down it doesn't have this in the video but when he gets down um, he starts hugging all the people that were helping. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Jesus! I'm st- still there. Oh my God! I don't have to kill myself. I probably would. Everybody, have you heard? So I got a really interesting lottery story, and I wonder what would happen if it happened here. So, anyways, lottery. Let's do yeah, it. lottery story. Uh, Columbia, South Carolina. There's this. I guess the game is called the Holiday Cash add a play game where you generate trees on tic-tac-toe so anyways all these people come in to play tic-tac-toe but apparently um you can win up to five hundred dollars if you get three in a line for this tic-tac-toe game okay sounds like a game i'm down for yeah so lottery officials say that for two hours monday trees were being printed in all nine grids and everyone who paid a maximum of one dollar in prize actually won so they didn't have any losers for that game, and they meant to give out tons of losers. But oh, you every- mean like the average payout was it even? You're saying like like everyone who paid a dollar to get the game won. Oh, like you're like you can win up all, to five hundred dollars, but all tickets for the were line, a winner but of a all dollar. tickets were winners, uh, which added up to nineteen point six million dollars. Whoa! But broke even though because they paid a dollar and got a dollar. No, they paid a dollar and got $500. You're saying that they all were $500 winners? Yeah. The game costs a dollar to get. Right. 
So as soon as you paid that dollar, you could win up to $500. Exactly. All of them won $500. Yes. Incredible. (laughs) (laughs) And equaled equaled $19.6 million. So all these people are coming in to collect their prize, but they're getting rejected and saying that they're not winners when clearly they did win, and they have no idea what's going on. So apparently the South Carolina Education Lottery um, is trying to find a way where they can end up paying every single person the money they deserve. I thought they would just well, turn them down and be like, oh, okay, no, we're canceling this game. But they're actually no. trying to find a way to pay all 19 The lawsuits would be coming. That's yeah, ridiculous. Sure. They better pay it out or they're going to eat their ass in a lawsuit. Yeah. All these people getting a free $500. Hell so, yeah. If you think the lottery companies ain't got $19 million... <laughs> yeah, that's that, true. That ain't nothing. I mean, they were probably really hoping that they could save all that for education, but oh, of course, yeah, sure, of course. <laughs> I'm sure they wanted to spend that. On, They're going to make that back just fine because all them people are going to be like, "Man, I won five hundred dollars <laughs> last time." <laughs> they probably the put they probably put that five hundred dollars back the into the lottery. Seriously, what do you what do you think the percentage of people that took that five hundred dollars and put it right back into it? Probably bet, over half. But it would have lost money. Put it into beer and cigarettes. (laughs) Everybody, have you heard? Uh, so I'm gonna go real fast. Go. This one's crazy. You love. We love crazy. You remember the the soldier from North Korea, right? That ran to South Korea. I believe that happened on our break. Did you guys hear about that? No. Oh my god. Okay. So you know, North Korea, crazy Kim Jong Un. Oh yeah, Rocket Man. I know Rocket Man. (laughs) So this happened like a month or so ago. A dude, a soldier from North Korea, deserted and ran, well, got in a Jeep and drove until they blew the Jeep up, basically, with gunfire, and then he jumped out and ran, got shot a whole bunch of times, but eventually made it to South Korea and Whoa. survived, okay? This dude, of course... wait to see that movie. <laughs> I mean, the whole situation happens in, like, two minutes. Uh, so, anyway, he, he survives. They take him into emergency surgery for his gunshot wounds. When they get him in emergency surgery, one of the first things they discover is this dude's got like seven, eight feet of intestinal worms in him uh, because of sanitation conditions in North Korea are so bad. So that was terrifying. So, of course, this leads them to do all sorts of health tests on this guy, and they're like doing all sorts of research on the how life is going in North Korea right now. So one of the things, after further testing of this man's condition, the South Korean authorities confirmed that the soldier who is still they haven't identified this guy's name, was either exposed to or vaccinated for anthrax. So what that's been is, so North Korea has been suspected of developing biological weapons, and, you know, of course, like, that's not okay. (laughs) (laughs) To put it mildly. You know. So the fact that That, this... That can cause World War III. Right. The fact that this dude has clearly been exposed, either exposed to anthrax or been tested with anthrax and given a vaccine, whatever. The point is, is he's been exposed to it, regardless of for what reason. So North Korea, there's some anthrax things going on. And that's not okay. And that's not okay. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, right now, South Korea has already been, like, in works of, like, a full, like, anthrax vaccine preparedness. So if, you know, Un ever got that crazy, like, South Korea would be fully prepared because you can treat anthrax with medicine. It's not like it'll kill you for sure, but it can be treated if treated immediately. 
or vaccinated for prior to. So what's like the big end all of this whole revelation? Because well, it's something that we've suspected for a long time anyways. Right. Um, and like nobody's ever tried to use uh, anthrax in a ballistic missile. Mm-hmm. An ICBM. <laughs> An ICBM. Because the reentry into the atmosphere is so hot and so fast that it would kill they think that it would kill all the the bacteria of the hmm. anthrax it would just be a wasted it would be a, just a big metal pole hitting the ground mm-hmm. but the big thing that is about it was all these sanctions that we've put on North Korea lately causing <laughs> this guy seven foot intestinal worms well it's well yeah because like I mean kind of I guess you could say because if they're not getting supplies from all like you know however many countries are in part of this this sanction against North Korea. Like, in an official statement of the Korean no- the news, uh, and this is translated, of course, but this is him speaking, uh, Kim Jong-un speaking, we define this sanctions resolution rigged up by the U.S. and its followers as a grave infringement upon the sovereignty of our republic and as an act of war violating peace and stability in the Korean peninsula and the region and the categorically reject the resolution. So yeah. He's also crazy. and He just likes to talk. Let's see, but, it seems like him and his people and the government there are doing fine. They don't have tapeworms that are seven feet long, yeah. you know? So, I mean, the, but, the thing is, is the things that they keep from their people, it could be maybe the aid or the lack of aid that they're getting that makes their life somewhat shitty, but they are lacking basic sanitation services because the United States cut off their aid. So, they can eat shit, all of them. <laughs> that's kind of the problem, and that's exactly what's <laughs> happening. No. Uh, the reason they have these worms is because <clears throat> apparently they don't have an import of like certain materials for fertilizer to grow crops with. So the only fertilizer they have is their own sewage treatment areas. So they literally use human feces and sewage to fer- to fertilize crops, which spreads parasites. Which when people eat the vegetables, I complain they get. when I drive by bow water. <laughs> the smell. But that's yeah, that's, that's how rough. they think that most of the population probably has intestinal worms. Oh, man, we need to leave that there. Nasty. Yeah. Everybody, have you heard that porch pirates should beware? You heard about porch pirates? Yes, that's, I have. What is that? People stealing packages off yes, of people? Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So Uh-oh. an inventor in Washington State has come up with an awesome way to stop thieves from taking packages off of his porch. So his name's Jeremy Barrow. Put a bomb in the box. Jeremy Barrow of Tacoma. See, now that's illegal. You can go to jail for that. I know. Booby trapping is illegal. Well, that hurts someone. Right, right, right. Booby trapping to hurt one, yes. Booby trapping that causes injury. Yeah, yes. I think me and you talked about this the other day. I think, like, setting up a shotgun at your front door or We something. were talking about Home Alone yeah. and the unrealistic nature of yeah. Home Alone <laughs> and how so many of those injuries would be fatal, you know, <laughs> and they wouldn't be making it on to the next and the next and the next. And yeah. How Kevin is quite the psychopath, to be honest with you. Like, the kid tortures people. <laughs> Whether or not these people are trying to rob him, he's torturing these men and he needs help soon <laughs> but anyway um yeah the, the blowtorch on the head with the toilet full of gasoline that that's mental that's not like ha 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 this is gonna hurt that's like that's murder <laughs> well he's psychologically in dude's brain so he's already like a mental assassin <laughs> you know so he's already that that deep in it that he knows dude's gonna light himself on fire look at it in the mirror and then know the only option is, is the toilet. toilet bowl and he's a dumbass to where he's gonna do it 
kid's sick. <laughs> watching Home Alone as an adult is a totally different experience than it was watching it at eight years old. I'm telling you. I used to watch it with my kids these days, and I'm like, man. He's a mental assassin. He's sick. <laughs> Kid has problems. Buzz, your girlfriend. Woof. <laughs> All right. So Jeremy Barrow of Tacoma, Washington, decided he'd had enough of, quote, too many of my expensive Jeep parts being taken. So he created what's called the blank box. So it's an exact replica of a brown Amazon box, much like many of you got this past month Mm -hmm. on your porches, I'm sure. This box, however, is booby-trapped and rigged with a 12-gauge shotgun blank round (laughs) that goes off when the box is lifted making a very loud noise oh, yeah. and startling somebody. So he uh, determined that surveillance cameras just weren't enough, and they definitely aren't much of a deterrent for thieves these days because they know how hard it is for police to come through all of the things that they get. So um, the video attached to the article I read shows a man get out of a car, come into Jeremy's yard, he walks up in two or three steps up the porch and leans down to pick up the box and as soon as the box is lifted the the round goes off and it's like a boom (laughs) the dude like stumbles and loses his feet and falls flat on his face in the grass in jeremy's yard and then like because jeremy has surveillance but Mm -hmm. then he he runs off and he gets into a car that's waiting for him just right down the street so it was i'm sure jeremy's laughing his ass off hysterically seeing that this worked exactly as he had planned it to work (laughs) So, but one big question to him in the article was, what happens in the event that a thief thinks they're being fired at and they take out a gun and they and start firing at your house? Rounds. Oh, man. So Jeremy acted slightly annoyed at the question and as if like that would never happen. You know, the type of people that uh, come up and Steal take packages. boxes off of your porch aren't looking to get into a gun. They're not strapped looking to get into they'd a gun They'd be robbing fight. convenience stores if that was the case. So, yeah, they'd be coming into your house. Yeah. They wouldn't necessarily just be looking to do that. But he said, we'll have to cross that bridge when we get there, I guess. <laughs> but because it's not He something... strikes me as the kind of guy that would be like, just let him try. <laughs> just Google the blank box if you want to see the video. It's pretty awesome. It's funny. This guy just... But the guy that walks up to his porch... Looks like he's done it a million times before. Looks like he's done it to Jeremy's porch before. Yeah. He just so casually Hmm. walks into the yard and then walks right up there and doesn't even, like, do the head looking around, like, the suspicious look around thing. Probably waves at the neighbors while he's doing it. Yeah, just, like, walks right up there, (laughs) picks it up. It's so funny when it goes off because he just, like, (laughs) flips out and then falls on his face. It's really good. That's great. Everybody, have you heard... Florida man. Florida! You know I gotta have a Florida. Let's do it. Uh, A Florida man has been accused of misusing the emergency telephone system after he allegedly called 911 to gripe about being served tiny clams at his local seafood (laughs) restaurant. One of these jerks. This is great. Come on. So, Mr. Nelson Agosto of Stewart, Florida, which is in the southeast region... Uh, he was arrested on December 18th um, after he made a call to 911 from the Krabby's Seafood Shack. He uh, was complaining that the clams he was eating were so small that he did not want to pay for them. <laughs> so um, he, he called should be 911 free. for it. So he, I'm gonna call 911 on you. 
Augusto, who's 51 years old, was on his lunch break and quote-unquote just dying to eat some clams, as he is quoted, uh, and he was disappointed that the restaurant wanted to charge him $12 for a plate of tiny clams that had quote-unquote nothing in the shell. So when the <laughs> restaurant staff refused to give Augusto his refund, he called 911, hoping that an officer would come help resolve what he perceived to be a gross miscarriage of, judge- of justice. So... Instead, the dispatcher told Augusto he needed to call the non-emergency line, and telling him that this is, of course, the emergency line and he can't be tying up the line. Hang up and call that number. They will help you. Hmm. A short time later, Augusto calls back, <laughs> griping that nobody was answering the non-emergency line and that he still needed an officer to come to the scene. I can't leave until someone resolves this $12 clam situation. You don't get it. <laughs> exactly. I got a haircut appointment I got to get to, and these bitches won't let me leave. <laughs> The, Send uh, an officer, please. The dispatcher calmly explained. <laughs> so they ca- she calmly explained that um, it was a working lo- a number and uh, instructed him to call back and to stop calling nine one one. So shortly after, an officer did show up at the restaurant, but merely just to come arrest Augusto for him to appear in court over the misuse of the nine one one emergency line. That's unfortunate for <laughs> Mister Augusto. I, I threw in a little joke here. You ready? Yep. So Augusto is due in court on January 11th, but there's no telling if he may clam up before <laughs> before the judge. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> he, he also claims that he didn't know the rules for 911. Now he's going to go to court and listen to some judge tell him all about how to use 911 like a little kid. <laughs> exactly. What an idiot. He's 51. <laughs> I don't know what that 911 is for. <laughs> Roll Tide. Roll Tide. <laughs> Everybody, have you heard? All right, I got another Florida one for us. So this one's crazy, though. Uh, this happened just happened last night. The New Year's Eve strip, strip club fight. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, in Clearwater, the best kind. Man. Yeah, they <laughs> are. They are. In Clearwater, Florida, a man nearly killed his own girlfriend by repeatedly slamming her head into the ground outside of the Oz Gentleman's Club just last night. Story goes like this. Sonny Mendoza and his girlfriend, Kara Thobe. Thobe? We'll go Thobe. Man, I was hoping his last name was something like Hainsworth. Mendoza. And his oh, first name no. was Albert or something. <laughs> <laughs> They're ordering food from a stand outside the club. When I read that, I was like, a stand outside the gentleman's club? That's got to be a classy place that receives high marks from the county inspector. Mm-hmm. You know? God, <laughs> no cockroaches there. <laughs> um, so they're standing there waiting for their uh, Reuben sandwich or something, and two other women walk out and start talking shit, which happens outside a gentleman's club on New Year's Eve 1 a.m. Happens, right? Two women go back into the club, the ones that were running their mouths, only to appear a few minutes later accompanied by two other men. So a fight breaks out between the six people, two on four. Oh, Uh-oh. Lit. So surveillance video shows Sonny fighting with the two men, and somehow, somehow, I've never been in a six-person fight outside a strip club where it was just me and my woman versus four other people. <laughs> But somehow, in the mix-up, he grabs his woman and throws her to the ground, and she hits her head on the ground, okay? He then jumps on top of her and starts slamming her head into the ground until he's pulled off by people that are, like, watching the fight. 
the whole time the other four people they were fighting run away oh while my God. he's beating the hell out of his own girlfriend not realizing who he's fighting oh my god and they both get arrested and he goes to jail for like aggravated battery and his girlfriend's in the hospital with life-threatening injuries jeez yeah and i read it i was like what <laughs> he that sounds like a guy that's like when he gets into a fight he just it just gets turned Rage. on it was diamond like whatever target is in his perimeter is the one that's getting it it doesn't matter it's just like it's fight time like kill everything <laughs> yeah. that had to be what happened he just saw red i mean but shit you know they say nothing happens good outside the strip club after midnight <laughs> That sells Rubens. Everybody, have you heard? I got one more. I'll listen to it. Do you have one. one more? I do. I'm out. Wade, you got one more? I do. Okay, oh, then wow. I'm going to do my last one. Uh, this one's just just crazy. That's all. Ready? Sea turtle. I like turtles. So, the U.S. Coast Guard. Oh, I, I think I know what this is about. I this don't. is incredible, though. Okay. The U.S. Coast Guard got more than it initially thought when a Key West based guard. <laughs> boat god i can't talk man today junior (laughs) seized almost seven tons of cocaine on the high seas from a sea turtle well let me explain it was they keistered a sea turtle (laughs) (laughs) so um wasn't like 53 million dollars worth did you read that oh yeah yeah yeah. so the coast guard boat the thetis that is looks like a greek word thetis um they was stationed in the uh in key west and they were on a 68-day deployment helping the tactical law enforcement team of the area where they were part of an anti-drug and trafficking effort, effort operation, Martillo. Okay? Yeah. So this has been going on for years, this operation. have just continued to try and stop this stuff. So over this course of st- time, they seized 6,700 kilograms of cocaine, 14 pounds of weed, and over eight different interactions that resulted in the apprehension of about 25 people. 6,700 kilograms of cocaine, 14 pounds of weed. I know, right? That's personal weed. <laughs> That's personal. <laughs> so, but while on patrol on November 19th, the boat launched a small investigative boat to a debris field of suspected ditched cargo. The crew discovered seven tons of cocaine Whoa. spilled over on the side and... Also entangled in it was a sea turtle, a 150-pound loggerhead sea turtle. It was all wrapped up in the stuff that was holding this bundle of cocaine together. Was he, like, into the cocaine? (laughs) No. I think they were all still sealed floating packages. Oh. But like Malcolm said a second ago, so it was $53 million worth of cocaine floating in the ocean. Wow. Just chilling there with a sea turtle. Very nice. Yeah. Operation Martillo was a success for that day. Seven tons? Seven tons of cocaine. Wow. And it's only $53 million? That's what the that's what they said. I feel like that's very, very low. That seems very low for seven tons. Maybe uh, maybe that number's wrong. That would seem Let's wrong. Let's do the math on that. What's, like, Look up the street like, value of a ton of cocaine. What's the street cocaine? value of some coca- a kilo <laughs> of cocaine? But a ton. Man. But seven tons. Yeah, but how Just, many kilos are in a ton? Uh, Well... I can tell you, I mean, pounds, 2,000 yeah. pounds. And there's 1,000-ish kilos. So 14,000 pounds? Hmm. That's, That's a lot. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know my, my cocaine prices. I don't know my cocaine. But yeah, 
So the loggerhead sea turtle survived, and it got released back into the wild on Probably. Thursday. Yeah, our PETA energy. listeners were like holding their breath this whole time until you said that. Yeah, the sea turtle was not dead; it was oh, alive. It was just—it was gonna die if they didn't find it. It was gonna die. Let's be real here, but yeah. they saved it and recovered seven tons of cocaine. He was gonna take it down with him, dude. I bet that sea turtle could like a speedboat if it got into one of them boxes, just <laughs> the back pedal of his propellers. Or flappers, whatever you want to call oh, he'd them. He'd gone nuts. He'd be surfing. Everybody, have you heard? Speaking of cocaine. <laughs> so, Speaking got, of penises. <laughs> I actually have a story that dates back to the year of our Lord, 1985. So here we are. Another day in history brought to you by BRV. You ready for the story of Cocaine Bear? Oh. Mm. Cocaine Bear. <laughs> Yogi. So, what was uh, had, the street price of cocaine in 1985? Had you guys ever heard of Cocaine Bear before I brought it up to not. you guys? No. I had not. So this will give you some reference to the poundage and how much it costs and things like that. Okay. Because you just referenced 14,000 pounds. Something like that. It's way more than $50 million. Got okay. Be. Okay. It probably is. So here we go. A drug smuggler named Andrew Thornton jumps from a plane in 1985. You know what? I would bet... Now that I'm thinking about the way they were laying that out, was that it was probably seven tons total, but the bundle with the turtle was $53 million worth. That's yeah. probably what it is. Hmm. But the whole journey probably ended up being seven tons that they had seized, but the turtle was chilling with $53 million worth. So that's like half a billion dollars. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot. That probably makes a lot more sense. So to clarify for our listeners, that's probably what I was meaning to say and yeah. wasn't reading it correctly. For so. our Bitcoin and street savvy listeners that are like, <laughs> I did not spend that much. That's on like a where, billion dollars. Where can I buy cocaine at this price? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who's your guy? <clears throat> How do I call in? So Andrew Thornton jumping from a plane during a drug run. It was somewhere over the Georgia, Tennessee, Kentucky area. Um, his chute doesn't open. Okay. He falls to his death over the Chattahoochee Forest with cocaine strapped all over his body. Way down yonder on the Chattahoochee. Never knew how much that muddy water meant to me. <laughs> it meant a lot. It meant a lot to this black bear who found 75 pounds of cocaine strapped to Mr. Andrew Thornton's body. Black bear eats every single bit uh, you bet. of this 75 pounds of cocaine valued at $15 million. Oh my god. I see this bear going on a rampage through town and like totally destroying every single bakery and grocery store and dumpster that in his sight. Could you imagine how strong a bear on 75 pounds of cocaine would be? Then he overdosed and died. And his heart exploded. <laughs> Two seconds later. <laughs> But the bear was stuffed and sold to musician Waylon Jennings. What? Waylon Jennings. Uh, apparently, he was a collector of these types of things. Of course, he was. So, uh, without knowing the story behind the bear, it was when he when he got him. Uh, Jennings then gives the bear to a friend, who then dubs the bear Pablo Escobar. Perfect. Totally perfect. Escobar. Pablo sold to a pawn shop. So a Kentucky man heard about the story of Pablo, tracks him down in the pawn shop in Nevada, gets him back to his home in the bluegrass where he belongs. Damn it. The bear is now an attraction that you can go get your picture made with. Pablo goes to the mall. He has photo ops with the kids. This is a giant bear. You can you can look up cocaine bear and it is a monster. 
Can you imagine after you see it? Did you that did bear you say going it, on a rampage? Do you have this bear's dimensions, like its weight? Or no, like that? I didn't ever see that. To be honest, oh, with you. Man. I just saw him stuffed in, in the mall next to like a Buick Lesabre, <laughs> and I know that he was much bigger than that Buick Lesabre. He's <laughs> <laughs> a monster bear. Just imagine it on. Just, I mean, not even like a handful of cocaine. You know, can you imagine him oh, taking it, it one handful at a time, just being like, "How many? How much? You seventy five pounds of cocaine? Mm, I like this. I wonder what seventy five pounds of cocaine looks like. You know, you 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 see them in movies, the bricks. You know, the little packaged things. Like, ha, I just how, think of like how a many pound of, of flour. And I, like, oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah. There you go. But those are those bricks. I think are like smack. They're hard, right? They're right. like smashed, like tight, like ten pounds maybe. In that brick? Probably. Wow. So, so how many bricks did this thing had to eat? I mean, you know when he took his first bite, he was not stopping. <laughs> <laughs> I like this a lot. <laughs> now got, Why do I have all this energy? <laughs> oh, my God! And then he's dead. <laughs> so that's the story of Pablo. You can go back and read about him. Uh, you're welcome. Pablo Escobar. Yeah. So, uh, that's my list, man. That's all I got. That was good. BRV back in the new year. Welcome to 2018, y'all. Yeah. Mm. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for joining us for the episode. It's been a while since we've been on. Uh, we actually... Do we have any reviews to read? Oh, yeah. Totally. So, we got a review to read. Nice. Yeah, how about that? So, this one, another five-star came in on December 22nd from Kennedy Kemp 23 Says, uh, title, four episodes in and I'm hooked. He says, love the concept of the show and the conversations these wonderful hosts have. Look forward to hearing more. Signed, Reese from Decent at Best. So thanks, Reese. Man, that's that's awesome. More reviews, more, 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 more reason for us to come in, have fun with this, and try to get as creative as possible. Um, I have no idea who that gentleman is, but thank uh, you for I've listening. I've actually listened to that podcast, Decent at Best. It's a local podcast to us. They're really cool guys. But uh, their show was pretty funny. Like uh, they basically ask people to just ask them any question. Doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't matter what topic. Doesn't they don't care. Just any question. They're going to do their best to answer that question. Decent at best. <laughs> so that's kind of like their tagline. Like they're going to do their best to answer whatever question you want. And their questions are like they'll vary from like you know crazy stuff. Like their opinion on hell i don't know the cheeseburgers and how to cook them that's, like, a, I don't that's know, a cool you know. concept for a show i think that's pretty funny if you could get participation it could make it even cooler oh yeah i could really see that concept being a lot of fun. it was definitely uh, the first couple episodes are pretty hilarious so i look forward to catching up on a few more nice well thanks thanks for that and anyone uh that has something to say even if you think that we suck you know <laughs> we'll take it you know but uh if you want to leave a five-star review hayden has the instructions all locked uh, and loaded. iTunes has been so crazy lately, but when you go to the podcast app, at least until net neutrality takes it away, uh, <laughs> makes you pay 30, ce- 30 cents for every review you want to leave. Um, you know, you go ahead and just click on your shows, and then you click on the big red van. If you'll scroll all the way down, 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 down. We got the, some content. Like so you got the go. 80 plus episodes or whatever we're at now. You got to go. And then down there at the bottom, there's a bunch of stars. You hit that fifth one. Write something nice. We'll read it. We'll read it on there. We'll give you a shout out and we'll thank you very much for you giving some of your time of your week, uh, your day, whatever to us. 
this is so much fun to do. It was a painful month off, mm. uh, not doing the show. It was busy for us in our line of work, being the holiday season, but it, we made it through. And the fact that we're back and recording again, I just feel, I don't know, I think it's perfect that it happened on New Year's Day. The fact that we came back to start the year oh, off, yeah. starting the podcast back up. I thank the two of you for everything, and thank you guys for listening. We will catch you on the next one.